This episode is part of the series Know Your Candidates. Conversations with the candidates for the election of 2019 in the city of Holyoke, Massachusetts. Radio Plasma does not support or oppose any candidate for public office. This is a nonpartisan, independent media outlet dedicated to promoting a peace culture, embracing diversity, sharings of opinions and ideas, and ensure all voices are represented in our media. This is Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Welcome to our series, Know Your Candidates, conversations with the candidates to Holyoke City Council in the 2019 municipal election of November 5th. I'm Johan Rashivega, and our guest today is Juan Anderson Burgos, City Councilor for Ward 6. Welcome, Juan, and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Johan. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. You are looking up for a second term as City Councilor for Ward 6. You are running uncontested. And even though that basically means you are going to continue uh, city council, it's important and I really appreciate that you are making the time to be here so we can talk about the work that has been going on for the past few years and what are the plans for the next two years in this new term. Like I've been mentioning with uh, previous interviews, having all the candidates and incumbents present here to talk about the work at City Council is a great way to engage, to show the voters and the constituents how important is transparency and accountability when it comes about public service. So I thank you, Juan, for being here. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. It means a lot to me. Um, so I want to go over some of the challenges um, because it's one of the first things I think about um, being new to the city council. You know, from the outside, you see the city council and you see how they vote and we don't have a full understanding on why they vote a certain way. But my goal was to meet individually with some of the members of city council and try to understand um, their point of view and try to get get to know them better so that we can work together as a group, right? So as an incumbent, now that I've been there for almost two years, I think I've understood the inner workings of how the parts work together. So how it has been for you this past two years? You came in as city councilor for Ward 6 and you had a contendant. You became the elected city councilor. And then it became a big challenge, mm. a process of learning, a process yes. of getting involved and getting engaged. And at the same time, to show the constituents that you work for in Ward 6, that you are the representative of their interests. So how this past year have been for you? Well, as I'm sitting here, I'm getting goosebumps because, first of all, it's an honor to represent a beautiful ward, a beautiful city. Um, it's an honor that all of these people went out and voted for me. My constituents believed in me, and they believe in me today. And I thank them for that. From the bottom of my heart, I thank them so much because I am a person, when I came in, I came with a goal. 
is to bring the city council together, understand them individually, and figure out how they work so I can work with them. Because at the end of the day, we all need to be together to work to make Holyoke better, right? So for me, some of the challenges, um, first of all, it's all new to me. I never sat with a group of men and women who they know what they're doing, you know, and sometimes as a, as a voter or as a constituent, you're sitting on the other side of the aisle and you're looking in and you're saying, what are they talking about? Listen, every single person in that body represents a portion of our city. We can beat each other over the head left and right, but at the end of the day, we have to agree to disagree or at least come to census. What's better for the city as a whole, not just one specific group, right? We need to come together. That is why I ran. You know, that's what, at least one of the reasons why I ran. There's more reasons, but that was one of the main ones because I was concerned as, you know, sitting on the other side of the aisle, what was happening in these chambers? And how can I, how can I be part of that to help them move along? You know, and that, that was one of my biggest challenges is learning the ropes. I would sit in city, I would clam up. I would sit there and say, what are they talking about? Oh my God, I don't get this. And you know what? It's okay. Because eventually I am going to get it. I'm a person that if I don't understand something, I go out my way to figure it out or I ask the right people and work with these people. You know, I, I, I love, I know there, there are some counselors that are not desirable but i've gotten to know them in a personal level and they're not what people think you know my goal is to bring these people together really to be honest to to bring them together because i respect them individually for what they bring to the table and that is important we all need to listen to one another and not argue because you can say there's several ways you can say something you can say something with attitude and be aggressive about it, or you can say it with a compassionate heart. And that same message would be, be delivered and understood with respect and honor. And that's what I bring to the table. So this unifying sense of a peaceful approach and keeping in mind that it's all for the benefit of the city mm -hmm. as a whole, what do you think are some of the accomplishments that you were able to do during the past two years? Well, one of, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an accomplishment. I don't know if you recall, but the Lynch School comes to mind. And I sat with a group who was a group to save Lynch. And I sat there for two hours. And, and you know, I listened to every single one of them, and I was on board. But the day, the night, the day of when we were going to take the vote on whether we save Lynch or not, I called the, the head of the department, Michael McManus, and you know I said, listen, Michael, I need, I need to get into this space. I need to get into Lynch. I need to, for my own, you know, I need to see it with my own eyes. What is going on here? And I, I had to view everything. And when I went in there, I spent an hour and 20 minutes in that building. And I knew just from walking in that this building is in despair. And it's going to cost the city so much money, like millions. I've already, you know, I spoke to several and they were like, yeah, it's in the millions. The whole entire building was made of asbestos and that's dangerous. And so it would cost the city over a million dollars just to demolish it. So here we have a group who's willing to 
purchase it and we develop it. And I said, you know what? Even though I felt that we should save the school, I thought it was in the best interest financially for the city to go move forward and to sell the property and have them demolish the school. So that to me, that was my, I, I feel that that was one of the accomplishments because I went in it with a level head. I said, you know what? I understand this group. I understand that they want to save the school. But at the end of the day, this building is dangerous. It really is. And, and if you would have looked inside the building, it was destroyed. It, it, they had used it for target practice. I'm not sure of the name or who. I think it was the state troopers. I, I don't, you know, don't quote me on that. I, I, it was a group who were using it for practice in case if a school was targeted for how to maneuver if a class was taken over by a gunman or something like that, I, if I remember correctly. And the, it was in despair. The whole entire, like it was full, like I said, it was full of asbestos. And by the time I left there, I felt a little ill. So I can't even imagine why would anybody want the school fixed, you know? And I will, I will dare to guess it's more about the memories that are linked to the actual building. And of course, it's totally understandable when we're talking about a generation that grew up and got their education in, in such institution. But then when being practical about some decisions comes to the table and those decisions need to be made, it's more about exactly what is going to be the best thinking forward, thinking in the future of it. And something that I've been listening on, on some of the answers as well in the interviews is that many of the candidates and many of the incumbents are aware that some of the decisions are not going to be entirely well received by everybody. No, right. Rightfully so. There, I will vote on things that not everybody will agree on. But what they should take into consideration that I do consider their thoughts. I really do. I don't just take a vote and say, well, it is what it is and that's, that's it. No, I take everybody's comments, everybody's ideas, and I put them all on the plate and I try to figure out what would be the best thing to do. I don't sit there and say, I think this is what's best just simply because I think, no, I listen to everyone and figure out what is the best thing to do, you know, and I would never put someone down for their, their ideas or thoughts. It's out of respect. You listen to your opponent or you listen to the person that's in front of you and you figure something out. So what has been some of the concerns that constituents in Ward 6 have brought to your attention that you were able to take care of and possibly still now continue to be some of the priorities to work on? So back in 2014, my house was broken into. So that was, remember I said earlier that one of the reasons why I decided to run was I needed to bring these people together. But another was because my house was broken into and I felt like I had no voice. You know, I, I brought my concerns to the mayor. I brought my concerns to the chief of police. I brought my concerns to anyone who would hear. I brought my concerns to. And I felt that it just, I, I felt no one was listening. I don't think any, it crosses the person's mind that once you've been violated like that, that every sound your, your house makes, whether it's this creaking door or the floorboard, you're thinking, who's in my house? You're on alert. You can't even sleep for crying out loud. No one should ever go through that. Absolutely no one. 
So there's a nickname in my ward that they call me, they call me Batman. And the reason is because if I see something on the Ward 6 page, I immediately take to the streets into the location where, I don't know, whatever is going on. I'll, I'll go and investigate myself. Now, people have warned me, oh, you shouldn't do that. But you know what? If, if somebody doesn't do it, I'm going to do it. Because I don't want anyone to go through what I went through. It's the worst feeling. My husband and I could not sleep at nights, and we kept looking at each other. You know, this should not happen to anyone. And I'll say this, I've said it before and I'll say it again, the people in the community, we are, are each other's assets. We, we protect one another. Yes, we have the police there, but at the end of the day, our neighbors are our protectors. We protect one another, we watch over one another, and that to me is a strong community. That's what I want to build in Ward 6 and throughout, not just Ward 6, you know, all of the world, all of Holyoke. As a community, we need to come together and start talking about whatever we're going through, whether it's, you know, listen, my mother's sick or my husband's sick. Can you help me out? Can you watch over my house? If you see someone that shouldn't be there, you know, call the police. Communication's key. When I go somewhere, I talk to my neighbors. You know, we are the strongest assets we have is each other. So safety certainly is a strong issue all over the city. Recently, we have seen a lot of um, breaking-ins, particularly concentrated in War Three. Mm-hmm. But we see that pretty much everywhere in Holyoke, safety is becoming uh, an issue that most people are concerned, worried, or at least hearing stories about situations that should not be happening. How do you see City Council is approaching this and taking care of these concerns? Well, that all comes down to budgets, right? If the police department needs more money, then we need to find a way to get that police department more money. If the Holyoke Fire Department needs more money, we need to find a way to get more money to these departments. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, these are the departments that keep our city safe, right? Again, but the biggest assets is ourselves. If one of us doesn't say anything, the other one's affected. That's why there's pros and cons when it comes to social media. But when I see something on the Ward 6 page or, or Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is that I'm finding this information out, and if it has to do with our city, I jump on it. I'll call the Holyoke Police Department. I'll call the Fire Department. I'll call the departments and at the same time visit the area to make sure that everyone's okay. That's what this is all about, is us coming together as a community for the betterment of this community, for each other. What are other aspects that you see as possible projects to continue working on? And of course, possibly one of the most important right now, because it's the topic that everyone is talking about, the middle schools. Mm -hmm. But I want for you to choose which ones, aside of the middle schools, could be some of the topics that you are keeping in mind. Aside of the school, the schools is one of the topics I want to keep in mind. Um, that's very important for the future of the city, and it's definitely needed. We can't deny, there's not one person in the city that can deny that these schools are definitely needed. It's how we go about, we, we look, my main concern, there are two of them, is the elderly who cannot afford it or people on fixed incomes who cannot afford this, struggling businesses. 
there has to be a way. And I'm sure if the city council, if we come together, we can figure this out. There has to be a way for all of us to figure this out. It just doesn't fall on one person or one, you know, one group. You have the yes people, you have the no people, right? Now, the yes people, I understand their points. The no people, I understand some of them. But if you say no and simply don't have a plan, then your no falls short, you see, because you're not giving me an explanation. So for the no people, we need to have an answer from you as to how we're going to accomplish this. If you spend so much energy into saying no, why don't you spend a little bit more energy in figuring out how this could work, you know? And, and that's, it's a very touchy subject because, uh, like I said, at the end of the day, my concerns are the elderly and those str struggling businesses, you know, and, and people who are on fixed incomes. You're at my heart. I understand that plea. So I feel and I'm confident that the council can figure this out we just have to be a little bit more thorough and working together as a team and not splitting each other up we can't just say yes and then no there's got to be a middle we just got to figure it out you know if we keep battling back and forth back and forth well if the yes wins then the no's are upset if the no's wins and the yes are upset there's got to be a middle and there is there is we just we got to believe that we can figure this out we have to believe in that we have to believe in something my grandmother always said it, if you believe in it enough it will get done i believe in this enough i just hope more people do too i like the perspective this last statement broke to my mind and also makes me make me think about the ones who are on the radical sides on both the yes and the no come november 5th there's going to be a result of that one side is going to be angry is that the choice that side is going to keep working on to stay angry and be just acting upon those emotions instead of finding solutions i hope not i agree and i i really appreciate that you're bringing juan this point of view that there is a need to figure this out Because, yes, there is a need for the schools, and at the same time, there is a need to make sure that the people who are going to be most affected by the potential increments in taxes for, for this another need, mm -hmm. it doesn't impact them in a way that it becomes damaging to their quality of life. And that's definitely a lot of work to do instead of just fighting each other because yes or no, because you're right, you're wrong. Well, I mean, it's, if it's yes or no, the, 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 the idea is, yes, we need new schools. And I think if I had to get in the minds of the no's, the no's referring to we can't afford it. But the yes can find a way and the no's can find a way to afford this, to make this happen. I think they're just so... They're so polar opposite of each other. They, they, they haven't stopped to listen. I mean, they, I've, I've heard compelling arguments on both sides. Trust me. And, and again, you know, I, I simply know that the answer is yes, but I want the no's to be part of that answer. I don't want to leave them out because their concerns are my concerns as well. We can't keep... I always bring this back to my grandmother. I love her to death. 
you know, God rest her soul. But she always told me, you can't hear a voice on the other side of a closed door, which basically means don't close the door on opportunity for growth. My grandmother is my biggest inspiration, aspiration. Everything about me it has, you know, reflects on my grandmother. So when if she was here today, she would find a way to bring these people together. She would. And that, that's what I'm trying to do is find a way to connect with both sides and and have them come together and figure this out without disrespecting each other. Listen, people might wonder why I don't engage on social media. And here's why. Because if you have something to say to me, call me, send me an email. Let's talk about this one-on-one. We don't need to make a show on social media. There's enough ugliness out there. I'm not about ugly. I'm about making peace, talking to one another as human beings. You know, I, I went to school for, as a communications major for a reason. Because I found the world sometimes can be distraught. We need to do that. We need to come together. When we talk about being city councilor for a specific word, sometimes it has been perceived as, yeah, you only take care of the people that live in the area that you live at. But the more we've been talking about different issues and seeing how things work out through the sessions at city council, I think it's important to bring this reminder to many who have been here for a long time, but particularly for the young ones who are becoming the new voters and the new constituents who are going to be part of this process as soon as a few weeks from, from today, some of them and others next year. When you are in a body like city council, even though you are just representing a word, your decisions can have an impact that could benefit or affect the whole city. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And it's important to be engaged, not only in the concerns about the world, but the whole city. And that is true because if you look at Holyoke as a unit, as a family, it shouldn't be broken down into... I mean, it is specifically for, you know, how our government set up, of course, because not one can take a, the load of, of the work that comes in, constituent work, right? But if somebody from Ward 1, 2, 3, it doesn't matter. If they reach out to me, the first thing I do is, how can I help you? Second, I do, the second thing I do is I reach out to the counselor for that specific ward. And then I asked, do you want me to, to take care of this or do you want to work on this together? I've worked on multiple things with multiple counselors from multiple wards and we come together as a unit, right? Because we are all one family. If you look at it, this is, we are Holyoke. We, we are the city's children, right? And so any concern throughout the city or any vote that I take that affects the city, I have to sit there and contemplate, is this only benefiting Ward 6? Or is it going to benefit the whole community? I need to make sure that it benefits the whole community. Not just Ward 6. Yes, I'm a specific ward counselor, but the city. No one's left behind. No one should be left behind. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has a take. And we have to, we have to listen to every single voice here in Holyoke. So I don't want people ever thinking, oh, well, he's a Ward 6 counselor. Why would you talk to him? No, talk to me. I'm not going to shut you away. I'm not going to shut you down. I'm going to listen. 
and work with you. So yeah, no, everybody, everybody in the city has a voice. Everyone. And it's really gratifying to hear you saying this because it also appeals to the still unbalanced representation of the whole population of the city of Holyoke in city council where we are still see an unbalanced number of members in terms of gender and also in terms of race and background. Yeah, so the city council is made up of an interesting mix. Very few Latinos, very few women. I'm not sure how to go about engaging um, more women to run and more Latinos to run. We most certainly do because we are all part of this community, right? So for me, when I talk passionately about what I do in city council to constituents or people who have interest in it, I try to encourage them. I say, listen, this is what it's about and this is what is expected. If you can do these things, you most certainly should run. You know, that is why this system is set up this way, because you're not alone. If you feel that you can bring something to the table, run run for that seat because at the end of the day the city will thank you you know i i think when i ran i let me tell you something it's a very scary thing to do to work with the public because you especially me because i never like to um i don't like letting people down anybody that knows me i i work really 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 hard to try and bring people together and i hate i despise letting people down So that is one of the challenges that you will face is, is sometimes you, you feel like you will let down people, but it's not necessarily true. You can only do the best you can, you know, but at the end of the day, do what's right. Running for me was right because I felt like I was one of those people that weren't heard. As I mentioned earlier, I felt one of the, I was one of the people that wasn't heard. And I felt that, you know what, I can do as good or even better. And I feel that I, you know, I'm not tooting my own horn by any means. This is um, information I'm getting back, feedback I'm getting back from my constituents and people who have seen me at work, that I'm doing a good job. And that, that just makes me work even harder because sometimes I feel like I'm not doing good enough. It's weird. I hear these stories. Oh, people are, oh, you're doing so well. And, but I don't feel like I am. I feel like I can do so much better. And if you find that, anyone listening out there, if you find that, You are a person that wants to make better, you know, wants to, wants to do better things for the community, um, for your constituents, people who you work with, then run. Man, woman, Latino, especially Latinos. We, we need to represent this as a community that's 50% Latino. And from what I hear, 52%. Um, we need more, uh, more of that representation in our city government, definitely. So even though you are not doing a campaign because you are running uncontested and therefore you are going to continue in city council, what will be your message for constituents in Ward 6 to offer them your support, your representation, and at the same time to invite people to continue that engagement? Well, the, the constituents that I have, the, my, my residents know that I'm there for them. And I will continue to tell them this until my time is up to always reach out to me. Would whatever concern you have, reach out to me. If I don't know it's broken, I can't fix it. So 
they can rest assured that once they get a hold of me, I'm going to work on whatever needs to get done that you need that you're having trouble with. I want you to know that that I will always be here for you and I will always protect what's most important to you. Your values, your concerns, all of that. That's what I do. I need to hear from them. I need to know what I can do to make your life a little bit better or a little feel a little bit more secure. That is what I offer. How can people get in contact with you? So I have I have a uh, direct when I got elected, I said, you know, I have my own private cell phone number, but I specifically went out and purchased out of my own pocket. I went out and got a direct phone line, which is 413-561-5454. Again, 413-561-5454. That is my city councilor number. You can also get a hold of me via email, which is j.andersonburgles at gmail.com. Again, J, the letter J, dot Andersonburgles at gmail.com. We have two more years with you at City Council representing Ward 6, but also representing the interest of the Latino community in the city and working to make sure that City Council gets that unifying energy present when sometimes it feels like there is nowhere to be found. We can trust that you are going to make sure that it is there, that that is felt, that is seen. And and that helps for the dialogue and keeping in mind that the goal of everything being in discussion is the benefit of the city overall. I want to thank you, Juan, for thank your you. work and for the time here for this for this conversation. Uh, I really enjoy talking to you and, and listening to Likewise. what you had to say on the different situations going on with the city. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you again for having me. And again, these anybody who needs to reach out to me, they know how to get a hold of me. And uh, I look forward to the next two years. And, and, and it's an honor. I cannot express how much of an honor it is to represent Ward 6, the city as a whole. I love this city with all my heart, and I want people to understand that. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. All I care about is what you have to say. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This is our conversation with Juan Anderson Burgos, city councilor for Ward 6, running uncontested in this series, Know Your Candidates. And even though it's uncontested, it's important to have these conversations with every single one of the people who are part of the body in the local government and the ones who want to join it so we can get to know who they are, what they stand for, and that way we can have a better way to decide who we want to have in the local government representing the interest for the city of Holyoke. So I appreciate and I thank you, Juan, for, for this time and this opportunity. And remember, the last day to register to vote in this municipal election is October 16th. For more information on how to register to vote, you can visit holyoke.org or also you can go to the city clerk's office in Holyoke City Hall. Once again, Juan, thank you so much. Amable. This session of Radio Plasma and the series Know Your Candidates has been recorded in the New England Media Lab studio inside Gateway City Arts in Holyoke, Massachusetts. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening.